To our listener, welcome uh, to episode seven or eight of our Foya Pondcast, uh, as we call it. Uh, we are a uh, diverse community of uh, folks that come together every Sunday morning at Woodmont Hills. Uh, our goal is to gain a deeper understanding of God through interviews with people who play in creative spaces. Um, <clears throat> want to encourage our listener, before we even get started, to go back, if you haven't already, and listen to Anna Lasley's podcast. Uh, this was the one from last week. Uh, she has a great podcast uh, where she thought, talked about uh, her theater production company. Uh, one of the things that we began talking about that I didn't know we'd talk about in that is how inclusive the theater space is just very yes. open and welcoming yes. to lots of different people. And so uh, that right after that podcast, actually, uh, I went down to our church service and started talking to one of the people who I probably most admire and respect and somebody who pretty much gives me some of the most warm fuzzies when I'm around them as well, as far as being included in any way, shape or form. And that is who we have with us today. Paulette Cathy. And so Paulette and I were chatting and I was telling her about the great things that Anna said on the podcast, how much I, I enjoyed those and how much deeper I really wanted to go in that discussion. And Paulette informed me, she said, being included and making included spaces is one of my most favorite things to do and talk about. And I said, well, Paulette, I, that's kind of a creative space. It's kind of a creative space, the, the creative space of inclusion and making sure people feel welcome and belonging and all those kind of things. And there's no question, anybody who knows you uh, believes that's the case as well. So we're very thankful to have you with us, Paulette. Thank Great you for joining us. Great to be here. Great to be here. <laughs> why'd you say yes to this? Why, 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 well, why'd, you, why'd you tell me, okay, Wes, I'll go do this? Well, because Okay, so I took my strength finder, and um, and my boss even told me, it's just so strange because, I mean, your top five things are woo was one, and most people are not woo, no. but I love to do that, connect, that's a connection. Connectivity was another, inclusive was another, and I forget the other three, but they all fell in that same thing of humans of humans of, of really and i would say all humans connection connection right because at the end of the day one of the things that you do unbelievably well is make connections with people uh, based on your experience based on what what you know and those kind of things so i'm going to start us off with just a quick story that i learned just this morning uh that i'll get you to expand on just to tell us a little bit about what you kind of do right now okay. right and things mm -hmm. So there is uh, there's a young gentleman, first grader, uh, that I know really, really well. I don't want to mention any names, but David McCluggage <laughs> is, uh, is one of those kids that I've tried to have warm up to me for years. And David typically just ends up screaming at me if I get any reaction from him uh, whatsoever. Uh, his family are dear, dear friends of mine. In fact, you can go listen to his dad's podcast, uh, Clay McCluggage, uh, yes. who was on our podcast a it's while a back podcast. as well. Yes. So we're chatting in our live audience today, which we're, our numbers are a little low. We only have about 58 today. But uh, <laughs> our, uh, uh, we were chatting a bit, and Paulette said there's a young man at school named David McCluggage who comes and gives me a hug every day in the lunchroom as well. Yes. Now, this is, this is how I want to prep our conversation a bit, because the, the people that typically have a hard time warming up to people 
for some reason warm up to you, regardless of their demographic, meaning their age, their background, uh, their family background or anything, they typically warm up to you in some ways. So I wanna kind of set that up to say, A, what do you, where do you meet David every day? Tell us a little bit about that. So the work that you do at Granbury Elementary School. Okay. And then just give us a little, uh, kind of a little nutshell of Paulette presently. What okay. do you do, where, you know, who okay. are you, that kind of stuff. So each day, um, I am considered the lunch lady at Granbury Elementary. No, not the not the sloppy I joe. I do nothing. Not sloppy joes. I do not handle food, touch food. I don't even go to the food line. Yeah. Don't want to be involved in that. What do you? What do okay. you do? Okay. So here's what I do. I am there to welcome my students, and I have set it up as a cafe where we serve you. You just sit down. If you need something, you raise your hand. And um, we all wear, the adults who volunteer or work with me, all wear aprons for Gecko Cafe. And, um, and so that's what we do. We serve students. I tell the students that um, your time around the table is so special. In, in classes, I don't want you talking. In the hallways, they don't like you talking. But this is your time to really connect with one another, those who are sitting around you, and to ask like, okay, what did you do this weekend? Or or how did you like, or do you wanna play soccer at, at recess? This is that time. And so I love good chatter, good connection, because I think that makes people feel included. Yeah. yeah. And so let me tell you where that came from. Please do. As Paulette Kathy, Paulette Dickerson Kathy, I'm number seven of 11 children born to George and Canary Dickerson. And um, what's the span of like, what's the age difference between number one and number 11? Well, okay, let me just tell you this. Um, and you can also say quit interrupting me. No, four months after the youngest was born, my dad died suddenly, bringing my mom and her friends home from work one night. He had a massive heart attack and that was the end of that. So he was the baby at four months, and then my oldest brother was about 16. Wow. And then there's, that's 11 children. And then a year and a half later, our house burned, and my mother was almost killed in that fire. However, that was the night that my first nephew was born, and so my brother was about, well, he was about 17 or 18 when that baby was born. When yeah. he had a child his, that was his, your nephew. Yes, and how nephew. old were you at that time? Eight. Wow. Yeah. But um, I'm going to tell you, the roots of inclusion and, and connecting with people is what, I didn't realize it, but it was what my mother was teaching me. Mm. Because um, my mother had a way of, um, well, let me just say, as I continue to grow up, um, I kind of, we went to church, we were religious people, and my dad would drop us all at church at the CME church. And, um, and that was good, but it wasn't until after, um, so once he died, we didn't really go to church that much, but we still were religious people. But um, I met someone and they invited us to a Bible study. And I started going to a non-denominational Christian church, riding the bus ministry. And um, to our listener, to our live audience, bus ministries. I don't know if you've ever been a part of such a thing but you, you want some good stories? Bus, well, bus, bus ministry back in the day. And, okay, so I was, <laughs> well, so, okay, so then I was about 12 when this happened, 
and I just thought it was the neatest thing. I started inviting all my friends from school and soon we had a full bus and they said we need another bus out here and then they brought on another bus and um and they made me the captain at 12 i said <laughs> so i said mom you you all have to go to church with me because i need some help you know trying to tell at 12 your peers and we've already had this discussion about peers in middle school and uh, i need help on the bus and so my mother started coming and siblings started coming and um it was very interesting because that's what really kind of got us into church and we learned that about a personal relationship with God and so um, so then that was over and once my mother received Christ and accepted him as a personal Savior well she just she met a lady her name was Mary and they became partners in the gospel Mm. and they used to just go out and among the area in st. Louis just preach but here's what really inclusive and I learned once I went away to college I would come back home and I said okay Who's the guy laying back in mom's bed asleep? Oh, that's someone. He's homeless, and she met him when she was at the bus stop, and she invited him to come home to take a shower and sleep, and she was going to make him a meal. And then they would just go on their way. Because she didn't have a lot to do with 11 kids, so what she needed was a homeless person to help out. No, but I mean... That was my mom, and we had a lot of people who came to live with us yeah. because they needed a place. What, where did that come from? What, 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 I'm going to give you an end in mind of where I want to go. Okay. Because there are some people in the world, and I think it's a very small percentage. I don't have the research or literature behind this, but I think there's a very small percentage of people in the world who are just naturally inclusive people. where subconsciously they walk into a room and their first instinct is to connect with people and make sure everybody has a connection in the room the people that do that there's some things they do that make people feel welcome and belonging and i think they sometimes don't even know what those things are they couldn't even articulate because it's so subconscious their ability to connect their ability to woo in in your case of strength finders as well so I want to ask, where do you think that initially came from, from your mom? Where, where did that, do you have any idea where it came from that your mom was this just welcoming, want to do for people, all that kind of stuff? Okay, I've asked that question and I even asked my mom because I said, Mom, I don't understand why you keep inviting people to join us at the house. We did not have a table. We just all sat around. I mean, and, and you... Uh, and Damon knows because my dear husband has experienced my family household. To me, now I would consider it, I would say, oh, it was a hot mess, but it was so <laughs> full of love. And I mean, and people loved hanging out at the Dickerson's house because, and this is what I was going to tell you. I asked my mom, why do you keep, I mean, we hardly have any food. And she said, oh, Paulette. Carol actually said, oh, Carol, because that's what she called me. Carol. <laughs> what is Carol? What? That's my middle name. And she always called me Carol. Yeah. She never called me Paulette. Really? She said, oh, Carol, we invite the people and you just say grace and God does the rest. Mm. <sighs> and so, ooh, okay. And that's literally what she did. It wasn't about, because I'm just going to tell you, 
According to the world, we were very poor. Mm. According to my mother, we were royalty. We were child. We were children of the king. And I mean, and so I used to say, because a friend said, oh, you'll never go to a Christian school. Your family's poor. And, I'll say, and I used to say, oh, you don't understand. I'm a child of the king. And you may see a cash flow problem at the house, but my father owns it all. <laughs> and so Jeez. I'll be at Harding. And that's where I went. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast today because <laughs> that's strong, Paulette. And just hearing you say that to our listener, I wish you could. I wish you could watch the the animation in Paulette in her face when she talks about these things, because it's not it's not just a meme or something good to say. This was something your mom absolutely believed. Right? With all of her heart. With everything she had. With everything. On her dying bed, she said, um, she was in hospice, and she said, I am a wealthy woman. And we say, yes, you are, Mother. And she said, if I don't want to feed myself, my children will feed me. And if they don't want to feed me, my grandchildren will feed me, <laughs> which is true. And um, I said, if I ever wrote anything about my mother, I would write a book. Wealth is a state of mind. You are but dropping bombs on this podcast. <laughs> but that's what that. she believed, and yeah. that's what has been passed on to me. That's really good. What um, there, there's a couple things that it sounds like your mom did, and that's what I want really want to get from the conversation. What are some things that your mom did, just because of who she was, that perhaps we we could do as well? Some intentional things that we could do because. At the end of this, if we if we do not leave with a higher spirit or desire to be more inclusive, because what I don't want to happen is for people to listen and say, "Well, that's great for that's great for Carol, that's great for Carol's mom as well," but that's just not me, because I think that's a bit of a cop out at times. If if my strengths finders comes back and it's not woo or connector or networker or whatever that is, then then I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, that's just not true. We, we all need to engage and be intentional about being inclusive and connecting with people for our own benefit of learning from people who are mm-hmm. very different than us, but also at the same time, it's what we're called to do. That's what right. we're called to do at the end of the day. Let me just tell you what, um, as I think and process about my mom, I think it's about your story. Your story matters, and we each have a story. And I don't believe that I have been called to, you know, go out and preach. In fact, my um, principal made a connection with um, this church close to our school. We have to get our working definition of preaching for a hot minute, though, because my opinion is you're preaching every day. But go right ahead. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well... (laughs) They connected with the school to come down and help us in the cafeteria. And the minister came, his wife, and and some older people, and they were helping kids, and they were, and what do you want us to do? I just want you to go around, and I want you to greet the students and say, how are you today? And ask them their favorite subject or their favorite color. I don't really care, but just have a little conversation and just say, good to see you, and keep walking. I said, I don't need anybody coming in and you know, trying to preach about Jesus or preach y'all should go to church. If you will just look them in the eye and see them 
and say, it is so good to talk to you, they'll know that there's something different. Oh, that's good. And that's what connects. And I believe that's my mother would sit around and she would go and not that she could even, honey, would you say even at a young age, she wasn't moving really fast, but she would sit down and she always loved to talk about her burns. Mm. You remember I told you the house fire where she was almost killed? She was in the hospital for six six months. And burns are no joke. No. And plus, because um, she tried to break the window open with her arms to get the three youngest out, mm -hmm. she had 502 stitches in this arm, and she had stitches in this arm, and second and third degree burns. So we were told, the doctor said they wanted to amputate both arms but since she was alert she said no God knows I have 11 children and so you stitch him up and do what you can do and I'm allow, I'm gonna trust him to do the rest holy cow so after six months I mean that was like the first miracle I really saw and I believe it's a miracle because my mother was driving a week after she got out of the hospital six months later Get out of here. Mm -hmm. But she always loved to sit and share the story of what God did. What God did. And that was how she wooed people. <laughs> <laughs> that was the gospel for her. What my, let me just tell you about these burns. And I mean, and people said, oh, you can cover them up and wear gloves. She said, oh, why would I do that? Right. So, to our live audience, if you have any questions, we'll open it up here in just a second. But um, one of the things, especially to our listeners listening to this, I, I am so unbelievably thankful that you're one of our shepherds at this church at Woodmont Hills uh, and how amazing that is because I, I believe there should be shepherd training out there because uh, a lot of people jump into that role at a church uh, without necessarily knowing what they're getting into. And the best shepherd training I could ever possibly imagine is maybe somebody listening to you talk about inclusion on this podcast uh, and everything too. So wow. just Thank you. phenomenal. Uh, so thankful for that. Any questions? I got tons of questions, but I want to open it up because I know we got a lot of a lot of things sparking in our... Go ahead, Lauren. So my son is a little boy mentioned, and my daughter went through Granberry. And the environment you have created in that cafeteria makes them excited for lunch and excited to see you. Before, it was such a punishment for them to talk to their friends, and they'd have silent lunch, and your willingness to let them be kids is like made such a difference in their world. And so thank you for that. You're welcome. I guess my question or further is, I've been in that cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> or any elementary school cafeteria for that yes. matter. And my anxiety <laughs> skyrockets. Yeah. So how do you maintain yourself and to create that environment and let them be kids? So let me repeat that question a bit for our listener. Thank you, Lauren. Um, I think what we're doing is pulling out something that you are innately good at that you may or may not even be able to articulate, which is what I want to get after. But how is it, because your mom probably has this too, if some of us walked in to that home that had 11 kids and a homeless person in the back room as well, our anxiety level would go up pretty high, but she sounds like she had it 
she, her, her mindset of what was actually happening there was so focused in the same way in a lunchroom cafeteria uh, of an elementary school when a lot of our anxieties would go sky high you seem to be in your element almost why is that that's the question because in my heart and I'm looking at Shivanya in my heart I really believe y'all I believe this with all my heart something special happens when people gather around the table they don't have to say grace but you know what I can walk through that cafeteria and say oh god bless the ones who are coming in here today and the spirit is present and um and my husband knows he gets a little anxious Paulette tell me who you're inviting to the table <laughs> because you know I will that I mean, easier let me let me save you some time who are you not inviting to the well, table well sometimes I don't know I have to admit but like <laughs> when I met the day I met Shivanya I was so excited to meet her and I felt like Oh, I got to sit around the table with you. I got to hear more of your story. I think something beautiful happens when we, and my mother taught me this, you just invite him to come. I don't even worry. I'm going to tell you all, don't worry about the state of your house because you're not inviting them to see your house. You invited them to come and sit at your table. Come on. I don't worry about, will we have enough food? Because, honey, do we always have enough food? Even though we may not plan for 15, there's always enough food. Because mom said, you just say grace and God deals, does the rest. Yeah. I mean, it's really his table. Yeah. And I guess at the cafeteria, I want kids to experience that. Yeah. I mean, um, I want them to include. I mean, because now we have kids of... They bring him, Miss Kathy, this is a new student. He doesn't speak English. And, oh, what are we going to do? And I mean, usually I, I do things like I make them um, one of my helpers. Okay, you're going to be the table washer this week. Today's your first week, Javier. You don't speak English. Let me get out my phone. Da-da-da. Da-da. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> table washer. Okay. So, I mean, it translates for me. And, and I mean, and that just makes them feel included. I've... I've learned in the cafeteria my most active kids, I'm talking behavior-wise, I'm not going to say bad, the most active, when you give them responsibility, yeah. you give them a job, it makes them feel like something. Yeah. And they stand up taller, and oh, I'll say, oh, thank you for being my helper. You really <laughs> knocked it out this week. Yeah. So. What, do, what would you say to the person that finds it really, really difficult not to worry about the state of my house? Not, not to worry about what I would say are the earthly things that are happening around gathering at the table, right? Because that's what, I believe that's, as we get after this, that's what inhibits some people from being as ex inclusive as they really need to be. They're so caught up in some type of earthly look or thing that's going on. They don't have quite as much focus on what's possible kingdom-wise when you gather around the table, what would you say to those individuals? How would they, how would you, how would you help someone pivot? Because that's true for any environment. Sometimes it we're is. not as inclusive, even if we're not inviting people to the house, we're not as inclusive when we walk in because we're so caught up in something earthly that's happening that we're not after those connection points. What would you say to those people? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I know, I know it, it, it is really interesting, but you think about, and I think about some of the people that we have invited um, to our home, 
They don't care about what you have. Mm. They just want to feel apart. I remember. You, so remember? you might say to those people, easily, no one cares about all that stuff mm-hmm. like you do. No, no, so no, just, no, no. So let it go. Yeah. And, and what let it a, go. What about somebody who does? What about somebody who is showing up? looking at the state of the house and everything well you know what i think it's a good it's a good time to teach come on and just relax yeah. and just say you know i've invited because some people need to walk into your mess and see that oh she's still got laundry and baskets sitting on the couch and she invited us over for dinner yeah yeah because it's not about my house now if i'm invite you to come see my house i'm gonna wait until it's really clean right sure and it's sure. everything is set but I said I want you. If that's, the purpose, to, if that's, that's the purpose, the but I said I want you to come and join me at the table. That's right. And if the, the if that's the purpose and intent, then I'm not going to worry too much about everybody's coming because they don't care about it that as much. They want the purpose and intent. And those who do, I'm going to see that as a teaching moment, yes. as as a place to influence and those kind of things. That's good. That's good. Yeah, sometimes I just have to leave a little bit laying around just so people yeah. know. Yeah. It's not really. <laughs> sometimes it's too clean. I got to mess it up a little bit. No, it's not that, no. Because my husband knows I'm the queen of stacks. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't worry about me. But I just think that houses are perfect lovers. They will never get mad at you for not sweeping them or coming home to clean them. So they help you keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's being with people. Houses are the perfect lovers. That's the title of this podcast officially. At this point. No doubt. The be- I love, uh, so just to encapsulate for our listener, kind of aggregate everything together a little bit, there is so much beauty in the earthly hot mess. Yeah. Would that be, would, would that be true? in your eyes yeah yeah there he is yeah and I think the the more beautiful thing is you know because when you gather around that table it's not even about food being perfect even if you're not a good cook even if you're picking up something else it's about being able to sit at a table and look at someone remember honey when um, this guy showed up at church and he was sitting on my row. I know we don't have, we're not supposed to have our church oh, you row. Got but, everybody got their row the second, here, But know. the second row, two seats over, is Damon and Paulette. That's where, <laughs> that's my row. So he showed up on our row. He had tattoos on his neck, on his face, just all the way. And I said, hey, what are you doing? And he said, well, I showed up for a group meeting and then this band was practicing and they said, come on in during the week. And he practiced with the band and they invited me to church. And so I came and I said, really? And I said, well, you, you were like, you're in my seat. No, I'm just, I'm just Later on, I told him it was our role, but you know, it's okay for him to sit there. I was glad he was there. I was glad he was there. So he came. So we invited him to come home and join the table. Yeah. And he just could not believe. And he later brought his girlfriend and his girlfriend's children. And it's kind of interesting because um, he's back in prison. But his girlfriend's children have been at my school at Granbury. Mm. And so one is in fourth grade, and I still love on her. I used to bring her to church. You just never know what what God's going to do when you take the opportunity to just set the table and say grace. Yes. Right? Yes. You, you, all That's all you have to do. That's yes. all the requirement. Yes. That's all that's being asked of us. Yes, because you know what? Life is just this big picture, and we're just 
so little, but God is doing so many things. The things that he was doing for Ty, the things that he was doing for those little girls who are now still see our path still cross the things that i mean you just don't know what's going on with people who he's asking you just bring them to the table and let me do the rest yeah all right any other thoughts comments we got a few minutes left from go ahead shivanya are you gonna depends on what you're saying are you giving a comment comment. okay yeah come on up (laughs) please just want to get you get it recorded yeah go ahead well, I will say that um, Paulette, when I first came to Woodmont, I was looking for a new church home. And I had prayed because I had gone with friends before, and those experiences were not the best. <laughs> so this time I decided to pray. I was like, I'm not giving up on God. That was my promise that I made when I was probably about, um, I got baptized at 18, at t- kind of straight away around 21. And so around 25, I came back and I told God, I was like, I'm never giving up on you again. I'm not going to do that again. So um, even though I had some bad experience, I was like, I got to find me a church home. And so, um, but that day, that day I was greeted by a woman that just gave me a kiss and (laughs) brought me to her Sunday school. And when I come out of Sunday school, I was coming down these steps and I see Paulette. And when you talk about her face, she just lit up like, and she had this biggest smile. And she goes, hey, are you new? And I introduced myself. She's like, come to my house for lunch. <laughs> so when she says she invites people to her house, she does. It's and, real. And it's it was very random. And mo- normally, you know, we meet a stranger. We'd be like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but her energy was just so infectious. And I went and, yeah, yeah and they became my uh, church family. And that was yes. my first experience really feeling a part of a church or having that. So. Yeah. She is definitely who she says she is. She's <laughs> you stop, girl. I love you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you're precious. Again, and, and I, I don't know. Thank you, Siobhan. Uh, I don't, you know, to our listener, you know, we have people on podcasts and they talk about things. Paulette, when Paulette talks about stuff, she's she's not talking about things she read in a book. She, she's talking about things she lived yesterday and this morning and plans to do this afternoon and gonna do tomorrow as well. And the authenticity and the the genuine nature to which you do things. And to Shivanya's story, it does not matter the the psychographic, so the personality, nor does it matter the demographic of the individual either. You're gonna get the same exact greeting from Paulette, the same amount of enthusiasm and excitement that you get because your just deep desire to connect with people and, and how much you believe in this, this state of inclusivity uh, as well. Any other thoughts, questions from our live audience? My last thing would just be saying that, you know, as you look at every person, okay, who they are, I mean, they are God's creation, the apple of his eye. They may not know it, but I think it's up to us as children to help them realize that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and just by seeing them. And everybody may not, it may not be your thing to invite around the table, but whatever you do, if you go out to eat and just say, you know what, I want you to come out to eat with us. And even if you don't have enough to do, you know, da da da, it's okay to grab McDonald's and sit around a table and, yeah. and do that. It's not about the worldly stuff we got to get so past that Mm because y'all we're going to live forever Mm -hmm. together and we want everybody to live with us right like i tell my kids oh and if you're not there 
I won't even be worried, but I want you to be there because that's going to be of the past. No, I'll no, be healed from that. No, no offense to our uh, typical person who brings the message on Sunday mornings, Jeff, who I deeply love. But this is the best sermon I've heard in a long time <laughs> oh. this morning. Uh, really appreciate you um, being here. And uh, so a couple things I wanted to pull out of what you just said for our listener and for our live audience as well. You know, there's some things that Paulette does that we can't just say, well, that's Paulette. I want to get back to that. Well, that's just her personality. That's what she does. We are all called to be this. Now, we may not we may not be so about it that we can do it every Sunday necessarily, mm-hmm. but we need to not miss the opportunities uh, to to really uh, carry ourselves in a way that we're called to do. And one of the things that I believe Paulette does that we should all work to do in order to have more of a spirit of inclusion is regardless of who we see in front of us at any time, our first reaction needs to be, this is a person who bears the image of God yes, and is an image bearer. Yes. And I truly believe you do that just innately in your unconsciously, you know, in your subconscious, you approach people and you're, you're looking at them and saying, this is somebody who bears the image of God. Yes. And by connecting with them, I have the ability to learn more yes. about who God is as well, yes. which is awesome. And as you hear stories of Paulette, you hear what it means to have that frame of reference and how that ends up gets carried out as well. So uh, this will be part one of 12 uh, of our podcast with uh, Paulette for <laughs> sure. <laughs> she just got it. <laughs> Hold up. Uh, Paulette, is there anything our class can be praying for for you? That is the last question I always ask of our guests. Anything that come to mind that we can be praying for um, for you? Well, you know, um, I guess as uh, the new journey that we're on as a shepherding couple, mm-hmm. um, because I, I mean, it's not like it's a job but it is i want to um i want to see what god wants me to see and be present Mm -hmm. um where he wants me to be present and which means that personally i'll probably make some changes in life like um let go of a full-time job at a school but um you know continue to (laughs) to our listener there's just a bunch of gasps in the room (laughs) uh but you know because I want to love you people. Wanna I want to do well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I want to see Good. what he wants me to see. But you know what? I have a little devotional book with the closing prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's an individual prayer, but we can make it into a we. I'll try to change it just right. Do you mind if I read that? No, not at all. It's about identity. And we're nearing our time, so we're going to keep recording. If you need to pick up kids or whatever, we absolutely understand. But uh, I'm trying to think of anything that Paulette said that I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you can absolutely do that, whatever (laughs) it is, after all this. But please, usually I pray over our guest at the end, but I'm going to let you uh, say this prayer over us and our listeners and our audience as well. Um, and uh, and then we'll close there. Go ahead. Okay. Right First, I'm just going to read this scripture, and um, and then I'll say the prayer. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Loving God, thank you 
that you have called us to be your children. We are all we all get benefits of being your very own. That is almost unfathomable. Oh, how we want to be more like you. Thank you that you are changing us into your very image through the hard and dry seasons. When we don't know anything else, I remember that you have called us to be your children. You didn't call me to be an acquaintance, servant, or distant relative. Father, let our hearts be rooted in this close relationship, knowing that you care for us. Shepherd us and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. And all 58 people said, amen. Amen. That's exactly right.